Few things in Kerala are more important than rice. Some form of it is eaten every day, for almost every meal, by the rich and the poor. And you'd think that Kerala grows tons of it, but that's not the case. Much of the rice and most of the other vegetables eaten in Kerala are grown by its neighbours and brought into the state. For years, Kerala has tried to address its agrarian challenge, to find ways to revive agriculture, make itself food secure, and protect communities in fragile ecosystems who rely on farming. Years of policies haven't been able to make much of an impact, and rising temperatures and disasters have worsened agricultural productivity. And now, the food security question is even more important. As Kerala today thinks about how to reduce its reliance on remittances and on how to revive the economy after the COVID-19 crisis, Agriculture is one place where many say there is huge potential. But reorienting this is no easy task. Welcome to Kalavasta, a six-part series on Kerala. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we have arrived at Tarantrum. Episode 4, Taking People Along. Our first session is an interactive session with Mr. Teruvel Raman. Sir's lifestyle is a stellar example of how all of us can live a fulfilling and satisfying life without harming nature and health. The voice you hear speaking is of Sherovail Raman, and he's speaking at a design conference in Calicut City, and he's talking about preserving native varieties of rice. Sherovail Raman is from Wayanad, one of Kerala's 14 districts. It's located up in the northeastern corner of the state, high up in the western Ghats. It's green, forested and hilly, and a place known for its long history of rice cultivation. Raman tells the audience he has been working as a farmer for 58 years and he has spoken on agriculture all over. And whoever he has spoken to has always asked him, why do you do this? And he says, in Wayanad, they had very good quality produce, honey, milk, rice, all because of the hard work of its farmers. And we should not squander this. If his name sounds familiar, it's because his work has been written about in many places. Raman has been a champion of native rice cultivation for decades. He's given talks at conferences. He's been featured in documentaries. He's been quoted in government documents. And it's his description of the types of rain in Kerala that Viju tells us about in our first episode. Raman's observation was perfect, I would say, not off the mark. For hundreds of years, we have been cultivating crops as per the monsoon calendar. The regular rain pattern has been destroyed forever. 
in the last few years, except last year, which had heavy rainfall in August, there has been a deficit in rainfall in Wayanad. So if you, if you look at, this is a classic instance of climate change. You have, one year you will have drought, the next year you will have huge intensive rainfall, which is, which is what is happening in Wayanad. Um, I will say in Wayanad, we have farming communities who live in... Suma Vishnudas is a scientist at the M.S. Swaminathan Research Foundation and she lives and works with tribal communities in Wayanad. Wayanad and Nair communities and all. Then we also have 12 different tribal communities living in here. Historically, Adivasi or tribal communities have been native to this region. It's home to communities such as the Paniyas, the Adiyas, the Katanayakans, the Kurichians, the Kurumas and the Uralis. Wayanad was later settled by communities like the Chettis, the Gounders or Jains who began growing paddy on the plains and they, along with the British, also grew spices and coffee on the slopes. Who came into Wayanad by uh, 40s and uh, 1940s, from 1940s onwards. So I, I am also a person uh, born up in a migrant family. So I was more interested to know what is the real relationship of people in this landscape to the biodiversity and forest here, forest and landscape and other natural resources here. In the early years after independence, Wayanad saw a wave of Syrian Christian settlers from the south of the state. The new state government actively supported communities to settle in the hills of the state, in places like Idiki and Wayanad. And as people flocked to settle in these forested hills, new forms of encroachment began, and new patterns of cultivation were introduced. Over the last 40 years, the farming system of this region has changed, and rice is one of the crops that has been hit particularly hard. The name Wayanad itself comes from the word vial, which means paddy fields, or the land of the paddy fields. So rice along with tubers and spices is part of this region's identity. Historically, Wayanad has perennial crop cultivation on the slopes and paddy in the wetland valleys. But things look pretty different now. Yes, when I was working in Wayanad, time of drought, 2004 and all, it was time of uh, first time Wayanad was facing drought and also the farmer suicide. And the farmer suicides were hyped uh, in the name of uh, economic policies. Of course, economic policies was a reason behind farmer suicides. But at the same time, I was a little more bit uh, uh, interested to trigger out what is the local reason for the farmer suicides, then the crop uh, failures and productivity loss, those kind of things. And it precipitated a discussion about agrarian crisis across the state. Suma points to one of the reasons for the agrarian distress in Wayanad. While you are saying changing crops, it was not so innocently the people are changing the crops. It was along the line with the economic policies of uh, the then and then governments uh, that uh, uh, those governments were not supporting much on the production of food crops, but they were supporting the production of cash crops from hills like. Uh, why not all through the Western Ghats? Way back in 1967, Chamanam Chako, a well-known poet, wrote a poem called Nellu, a paddy. In the poem, a young man journeys back home from the north of India, where he has been studying, and he dreams of seeing his homestead, his father ploughing the lush wet fields at planting time, 
his brother holding the green saplings in his hands, and his mother draining freshly cooked rice. He yearns for rice. What he beholds when he returns home is something quite different. The fields have gone and tall rubber trees have replaced them. A machine to make rubber sheets sits in the backyard. His father beams at him with pride. Son, we've stopped working on all the rice. This is better money. What good times, his father says. Kerala has a very, very diverse geographic landscape and just over half of its land area is cultivated. This small sliver of a state has five agroecological zones and while it is known for a few special products like rice, coconuts, tea, spices and rubber, it also grows a variety of cereals, vegetables, oil seeds and plantation crops. The lowlands of Kerala, places like Kutanad, are the state's rice bowl. Kerala grows over 600 varieties of paddy and the hills, Wayanad, Munar, Koteam, are home to spices and plantations, growing nearly all of the country's nutmeg and cardamom. It was around the 60s when this poem was written that Kerala began to shift away from traditional food cropping patterns to growing cash crops like rubber. Government policies also encouraged farmers to switch to monocropping and growing cash crops. Today, two-thirds of Kerala's cropped area are cash crops, grown to be sold in the market, whereas food crops like rice, tapioca and pulses cover less than 10% of the cropped area. And yet broadly all the cash crops today, rubber, banana, cashew, pepper, are all seeing downward trends because of climate change, rising temperatures and erratic rainfall. Even rice has been affected by climate change, by drought and then excessive rainfall. The total cropped area in Kerala is decreasing as well, by about 2% every year. It's also expensive to hire labour in the state and coupled with rising input costs, many farmers are finding that it's easier to switch to other economic activities than farming. And if their agricultural land isn't converted into something else, many leave their land fallow because it is just easier to do that. Kerala also has a number of land use regulations that do not lead to a single land management policy. It's why we see such a mixed pattern of land use overlapping in the state. This has affected farmers small and big. As per the Act, it's not easy to change from one plantation crop to another or shift to mixed-use farming. In addition, there are problems of poor land record-keeping, highly fragmented systems and wide gaps in information that is often outdated. Kerala was successful in that process of bringing uh, good livelihood opportunities for people, but we we failed to manage our land. With years of policies not producing the outcome it wanted, Kerala has found itself having to consider a complete paradigm shift. Kerala is reorganizing its agriculture department. This is a big, bold, unprecedented thing. And the state believes that this is what it needs to do to make agriculture thrive. So let's understand how Kerala's agricultural institutions work and how they are structured. At the grassroots level, the state agricultural department comprises of a vast network of krishi bhavans, two or three agricultural officers who sit within each gram panchayat or local self-government and work with farmers. They run programs, they train farmers, they offer advice. But these krishi bhavans are significantly overloaded with duties. 
because nearly 65 different functions are given to them. D.K. Singh was the additional Chief Secretary and Agricultural Production Commissioner for the Government of Kerala. So each panjayat has a Krishivavan. Each Krishivavan has a you know, graduate uh, agricultural officer with four or five people who are supposed to give the uh, you know, uh, advisory and help farmers in the farming operations or to extend a different type of uh, subsidies to, for production, basically for production input subsidies. So this, and then we have a block level setup, uh, uh, more than 150 blocks. And then at a district level, we have district agricultural officers. So these, they have a system of working in a particular way. So if you want to have a change in their way, their Everybody needs to be consulted. And the entire system is built to implement schemes and distribute subsidies, and not what would seem ideal, to support the farmer as best possible. And adding to all of this is a lack of modernization. There is very little use of data or technology that could really help overhaul the system. Take the 2018 floods. They severely damaged Kerala's agricultural sector and its prospects. But what happens after a big environmental event like that? About 11% of the cropped area affected, uh, which resulted a crop loss of more than 18,500 crores. And a uh, lot of silt deposition was there, soil erosion was there, landslides were there. So it has a direct impact on the livelihood of farmers. Some could rebuild their houses and their farmland and pay their loans, while others find themselves unable to recover. In Lower Kutanad, the first rice harvest after the floods, around nine months later, was huge. In some parts, farmers reaped up to eight tons of rice per hectare, two more tons than the maximum yield they got the previous year. But not everyone was so lucky. In Upper Kutanad, farmers found that there were greater incidents of pests on their land. Some of the Palghat area, you know, which is a mango growing area, they started early flowering and the quality of flowering was good. They were expecting a very good yield, but the output was not that much. And we concluded that it is due to the climatic stress that there was early flowering. And, uh, you know, the impact and the yield was not good in case of mango that year. So I'm just trying to illustrate these two cases that, you know, yes, climatic changes and many factors which may not be visible, but they really impacted the nature of production, the nature of, uh, you know, productivity, yield, and of course, the livelihood of the farmers. But in the current system, there is not a lot of nuance in the way it treats beneficiaries, the farmers in this case. Farmers like Augustine Barakil don't believe that you can make much of a livelihood from farming anymore. In a documentary made by the People's Archive of Rural India, he says, you can only farm if it is your hobby. You cannot be successful if it is your livelihood. I have all this land, but look at my situation, he says, as he points to his fields. One of the big challenges Kerala faces is that it does not grow enough of what it eats. The state uh, uh, is largely or was largely dependent on uh, 
Tamil Nadu and Karnataka for its vegetable supply. Leaving it highly vulnerable in times of crisis. Farmers in different parts of the state have different needs, different pain points, but the present system does not differentiate enough. So for example, if there is a scheme to support the production of pineapples, every farmer gets pineapples irrespective of where they are and what they could best grow in their environment. But there are also opportunities in crises. Crisis is the mother of innovation, we say. So everybody was just thinking what has gone wrong and what we should do now. Mr. Singh talks about how the Agricultural Department of Kerala decided to embark on a big structural change. We conducted various uh, you know, consultation process with their officials and with the university and all central government institutions. And after consultation, we government decided to adopt you know, concept of agroecological uh, zoning and agroecological units because there is no such differentiation of uh, cropping uh, system at the moment. And for example, you know, you can grow a pineapple in each district of uh, Kerala, but that may not be economical. You know, cost of production is not uh, very conducive to grow pineapple in Vainad but farmers were cultivating. So that must be factored when we uh, do a decision whether to grow pineapple or not. The idea today is to reimagine agriculture around agroecological units. This means restructuring every part of the department, its schemes, its subsidies, so that they all look at Kerala as a set of agrarian zones defined by its climate, soil and water, in order to make agriculture more productive and more focused on a sustainable livelihood for the farmers. And this is no mean feat for one of the oldest departments in the state. What the state hopes to do now is to revamp the entire department along these zones so that each zone gets really tailored, specific uh, inputs as far as agriculture is concerned. This is Vinay Ghatate a rural development specialist from the World Bank. He has been working with Mr. D.K. Singh and his team to design the new system. The state embarked on a highly consultative process to set all their plans into motion. Some of it began immediately after the floods, when teams went in to conduct rapid disaster assessments, which are standard procedure after disasters. The process was actually a very, very interesting process. We interviewed and we interacted with uh, all types, all stakeholders, farmers, middlemen, traders, banks, and staff in the Department of Agriculture, right? Including Krishi Bhavans, which are uh, at the front end, as well as the directorate level as well. There was one big demand that kept coming from the department. This was to look at the institutional challenges the state was facing. And there were four major issues. Grassroots institutions like the Krishi Bhavans were very overburdened with administrative and departmental work. And they are not able to actually provide the last mile uh, service delivery and and uh, the actual support of extension which they, they were mandated to do or which they are qualified to do or which they want to do. Second, the system is scheme focused and not farmer focused. The third was poor coordination between different agencies. And four, the use of tech was very limited. 
plan now is to refocus on marketing, revitalize value chains, encourage farmers to grow local resilient varieties of crops that are more suitable to their microclimates, soils, and river basin water resources. The department will also integrate weather and solar advisories so that farmers can plan ahead on when best to plant and when best to harvest. Food systems will be transformed with a focus on food safety and traceability. The latter, traceability, is very important because it feeds back into building climate-resilient food systems and offers a way to rebrand rice varieties to consumers. If you buy, say, a packet of any, any product from Kerala, we are looking at seeing how best we can integrate that with the ICT platform so that you are able to know exactly uh, who the farmer is who has produced that particular product and therefore trace it back to the farm. A second point is to look at insurance. Customizable agricultural insurance because insurance uptake in Kerala has typically been very low. And so to first do that, we have to understand why the insurance uptake is not, not high. Why is it so low? It's less than 10% right now. What farmer is looking, you know, farmer is looking that if there is a damage to his crop, he must be compensated. The compensation must be equal to his or her cost of farming, or at least partly the cost of producing. The problem here is the instrument you use to fix the premium. These are parameters used to decide how much risk you're undertaking, which affects the premium you pay. In Kerala, there are three broad groups of insurances. The state's own insurance, a central insurance scheme, and other crop insurances implemented by various bodies like the State Vegetable and Fruit Promotion Council, or the Coffee Rainfall Insurance. But despite the range, uptake was still low. When the first floods came, many farmers could not get the benefit because the product has not listed high rainfall as a parameter to cause loss to the crop. Why? Because it never happened in the history of Kerala that floods will come and you know, just wipe out entire crop. Earlier, every year flood used to come in Kerala, but it will used to come and then water used to flow out. There was no such excessive damage. So this parameter was not added in the, you know, insurance product. So the farmers could not get the benefit. The idea is to build a better understanding of risk so that insurance products are more comprehensive. Private insurance policies to protect farmers from climate-related crop loss can be expensive. And so the government is trying to address this by offering its own scheme to farmers and in this way building their resilience to future climate shocks. The COVID crisis brought in new perspectives on the vulnerabilities of farmers. COVID is a different uh, crisis than the flood crisis. We are not experiencing any crop loss. This crisis has disrupted the supply chain. Farmers are not able to sell their produce. The prices of the produce has fallen. Cost of labor has increased due to migration. In this crisis, we have realized what are the shortcomings in our marketing setup. And our you know, organizations are gearing up that, okay, we should try to you know, strengthen those areas. I mean, the entire department focused on uh, you know, marketing of the agricultural produce, mainly fruits and vegetables. One of the most important administrative systems receiving a digital overhaul is the land information system. Currently, there are three separate systems used for land record management in Kerala, and this new system will digitize and consolidate land records, bring together geospatial information, 
and make it easier for institutions to share information with one another. This is pretty radical. So what happens when huge departments decide to restructure? Like most things, the devil is in the detail. And in the case of Kerala's agriculture department, the process has involved numerous consultations with communities, farmers, policymakers, and Krishi Bhavans. So I'm not saying that it was overnight. It took a lot of time, a lot of discussions, a lot of thought, where uh, there is a lot of trust and a lot of confidence in each other's abilities and to come up with uh, innovative solutions together rather than uh, in a prescriptive manner. I mean, all our relationship is basically built on uh, very strong foundations of trust and uh, respecting each other's uh, views and uh, taking it forward from there, the, both from the government as well as from the, the, the other stakeholders. It's the way I see it. It's like a complete partnership. Uh, yes, actually, you know, the process uh, uh, was very interesting, and uh, Kerala, uh, you know, uh, has a history of uh, taking people along. You know, if you have an idea, you must take people along, and you have to convince, uh, you know, uh, different people, different stakeholders in the process, then only move, things can move. Back in Wayanad, climate change has hit the district hard. Here's Suma again. So now Wayanad is facing a big crisis in the microclimatic conditions. Our unique crops like pepper, which was only growing in the hill falls of Western Ghats, are not having its own microclimate to grow here. So pepper has shown vulnerable to diseases and vulnerable to the, the heat. So the productivity has lost and uh, challenges of disease and other things are increased. Now we are facing the immediate effect of global climate change also. We are affecting the micro changes in the microclimatic conditions with an increase of 1.1 degrees Celsius in the higher temperature level and also 0.9 degree in the lower temperature level. We were uh, getting rain eight months in Wayanad in a year. Now it is something like uh, we are getting only rain in the monsoon season. That too has been reduced to two weeks or three weeks, intensive rain in two or three weeks. And Suma is particularly worried because the crops have been badly affected. There are no industries in the region, it is largely agrarian, and almost all of the crops important to farmers are seeing the impact of erratic temperature. To make matters worse, Wayanad is losing land. The cracks are there in the mountains. On either side of the cracks, people are living. Still, Panjayat know it is dangerous, but they were not able to relocate that people. One of the communities that has been the subject of Suma's work is the Paniya community, who made up almost 60% of the flood victims needing relocation in the last year. Paniyas work as wage labor today. They are landless and live by streams or in the fringes of the forest, all high-risk areas. My biggest question was like, what will we do with the landless Adivasis? Many people are there in the margins. Every year, more people are adding to the margins of vulnerable people. The situation is not so easy. 
Typically, a lot of climate change planning is still very top-down. Decisions are made at the top and then they filter down. Kerala also has a rich, thriving knowledge economy of local practices, local produce that needs to be protected. And in the meantime, farmers are trying to get their livelihoods back on track. Very serious, very scientific and uh, a very intense planning is needed. And I feel we have to rethink many things from the conventional way of going. So I feel we have to think in, di- think in different line. More social consciousness has to be built. More uh, different kind of knowledge has to be generated. More discussion has to be has- happened in all status of society. So we have to have a, come up with a common understanding that it is not uh, isolated issues of different people, but it is the social issue which, which concerns everyone. But the government hopes that this new system will be the big change farming needs and that this could become a blueprint for all states and any region that is contending with climate change. In our next episode, we explore some of Kerala's other economies and communities that have been hard hit by disasters the cottage industries, the coastal communities and people working for God's own country. Thanks to Mr. D.K. Singh, Suma Vishnudas, Viju B and Vinayak Ghatate. I'm Radhika Vishwanathan. Kala Vasta is brought to you by the World Bank. For more information, go to worldbank.org forward slash Kerala podcast.